This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. We've been on this series, uh, The Apprentice, talking about Jesus. Jesus, the Master, um, we're the apprentice. Jesus is the person that saves us, but He's not just our Saviour, He's our Lord. He, He's the person that we give the right to dictate how we live. Jesus is the one that we follow. Jesus is the Master. We're the apprentice. This series is helping me look at my life and say, God, what are some areas in my life that I need to adjust to become more like you? A true apprentice follows his master and looks like him. Jesus, Jesus was the searcher, the finder, the restorer of people who had lost something, people who lose their sense of direction, destiny, significance, fulfillment, hope, opportunity, and dreams. Jesus found these misplaced people, then he restored them. The apprentice is to find and restore people who have lost life and lost God. The reason why I love God so much is because He came to seek and save the lost. When, when you look at humanity, you understand that there's something wrong, that we experience pain, there's a problem. We have anxiety, fears, there's situations, issues. You watch the news, you don't have to dig too deep to understand that there's a problem with humanity. If you're a Christian, you understand that sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. And since then, man's relationship with God has been severed. Things that weren't supposed to be uh, how God designed us to live doesn't happen. And, uh, and we see that there's a disconnect between us and God. When we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about the person, the visible hand of God, that stepped across the universe to show how good God was, to show that God wasn't just some eye in the sky, to show us that God wasn't just some person standing aloof saying, I hope you guys figure it out. But Jesus was the visible hand of God showing us God's intention and His heart for us, that God would go after people like you and me. So the apprentice is one who's committed to Jesus, the master, to a lifetime of learning from Him in order to become like the master in heart, character and lifestyle. Jesus, our master, Jesus, God showed us how to reach. In turn, He wants to help us reach to the people around us. When you look up to somebody, when you respect somebody, you wanna be like them. When it comes to Jesus, our goal, discipleship, apprenticeship, our goal is to look like Him. There's so many people here at City Bible Church I look up to. I mean, you look across this auditorium, there's so many people that, that I look up to. Pastor Frank, we have an amazing senior pastor. I love hearing his stories about how he goes on a bike ride and he's just witnessing to the homeless people. It makes me wanna do things just a little bit different. I love our pastor here on Rocky Butte, Pastor Mark Estes. He always challenges me. We go out to a restaurant and he's witnessing to the waitress. We, we go out and he's talking to the police. He's always looking for initiatives, ways to serve the city. When I grow up, I wanna be like these people. I, I wanna look like them. Pastor Mark and Pastor Frank, they're my heroes. Obviously, I don't want Pastor Mark's haircut. I can do without that. I think, <laughs> I think that's one area that I'm okay with, but everything else. I look up to these people. I wanna, I wanna look like them. And so I find the more I hang out with them, the more I begin to do what they do. When I'm at the grocery store, I'm thinking, how can I just even invite this 
check out clerk to, to church or just give them an encouraging word. I find that I'm shifting and changing because I'm, I'm around the person that I look up to and respect. When it comes to our walk with God, this series, The Apprentice, the more we get around God, the more it should cause us to wanna live like Him. It should cause us to kind of move and, and, and look like, like what He does and how He does and how He speaks and how He talks. I wanna look more like Jesus. I'm His apprentice. Jesus pursued people with unconditional love and compassion. He sought them out and made them whole. We are Jesus's apprentices and we must pursue people and facilitate their restoration. Just like Jesus sought to seek people, so should we. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke. Luke 19 verse 10. Just a short passage of Scripture this morning and we'll jump into it. But I love this passage of Scripture because it shows us God's heart for people. Luke 19 verse 10, it says this, For the Son of Man, Jesus, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came to seek. He didn't come to have people look at Him. Jesus didn't come for people to give Him attention. Jesus didn't come so that everybody would bow down. No, Jesus says that He came to seek and save, which was lost. The message says, For the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. To restore is to bring back what was lost or broken, thus reinstating health and rejuvenating with new life. Jesus' mission was to fix what was broken. Sin at the very beginning caused a disconnect. Jesus came to reconnect. Sin at the very beginning caused us to have a broken relationship with God. Jesus came so that we could maybe be made complete in God. Jesus came so that we could be whole, not half. He came so that we wouldn't just struggle through life. He came to help us in our life. He, he came to fix what was broken. Jesus came to restore which was lost. Is there anybody here that's thankful that Jesus came and restored what was lost? We're talking about Jesus, the restorer of lost people. I love reading the Gospels. They're so, they're so challenging, so convicting. When, when you read the Gospels, it's amazing the people that you find. It's amazing the people that God goes after. Have you ever, ever thought to yourself the people that Jesus interacts with, the, Jesus, the person that Jesus seeks? I mean, we find Jesus goes after Peter. I mean, come on. I love Peter. He's like my favourite. He's the guy that literally makes every mistake in the book. He gives me hope. One moment he's walking on water and the next moment Jesus is calling him Satan because he just keeps doing some dumb things. You know what I mean? It's just like, hey, dude, good over there. I rebuke you, get behind me, Satan. It's like, Peter, it's like, are you kidding me? Dude, get your act together. I love the Gospels. I mean, it just shows the people that Jesus goes after. Jesus goes after all different kinds of people. I, me and my wife, we have the privilege of leading the youth ministry here at a City Bible Church. And one of my favourite things, I love doing this, um, is I love going over people's house for dinner. I mean, it's, it's what Christians do, right? You know, it's like, hey, what time should I come over? 7 p.m., Christian standard time. Um, <laughs> what time should I be gone? 9.30, kids need to go to bed. 7 to 9.30, classic window of koinonia and fellowship. It's just what we do. Um, and, and I love going over people's house. I mean, me and my wife, I love it. I love get, connecting with people, getting to know people. Um, being that it's a mealtime doesn't hurt either. I love to eat. I'm a dude, I'm a guy, is what we do. I can put it away. Some of you looking at me like that's impossible. 
I put it away and God gave me my heavenly body early. It's fantastic, let me tell you. I can't wait for you to get your own. It's, it's all, I just keep eating, it's, it's fantastic. I love food, I love going over people's houses. I love eating, I love hanging out, I love connecting. I love mealtime. Growing up, I would ask my parents, hey, what's for dinner that morning? Because if it, was, if it, was like, if it wasn't very good, you just knew it was gonna be a bad day. If it was like rice and vegetables, it was like, I need to load up at lunchtime and afternoon tea time. Like it's like meals there. But if it was like, if it was like pizza or something real nice, it was like, it made my day. It was the best thing ever. So I love eating. It's just what we do. It's just what guys do. But my favourite time of mealtime uh, is dessert. And when you go over people's houses, they're so nice here in the States because you don't just get offered one dessert, you get offered options. It's incredible. <laughs> Dylan, would you like some chocolate cake? <laughs> okay. Oh, but wait, there's more. Um, okay. Uh, we have some cheesecake. Okay. Uh, brownies. Okay. Some ice cream. Okay. Made some cookies last week. Would you like that? Okay. Um, got some candy left over from my kids' Halloween. Uh, they won't mind. We won't tell. You know what I'm saying? I, I love dessert time. And so many people give me so many options. And I've just come to the conclusion, look, I'm not going to hate. I'm not going to discriminate. You can just put it all on my plate. Would you like cake? Yes. Would you like ice cream? Yes. Would you like bread? Yeah. You can just put it all on. I want it all. I just want it all. I love Jesus because when He interacts with people, He has the same philosophy. Philosophy. He wants it all. He doesn't, he doesn't go after one certain type of group of people. He doesn't go after the individuals that have it together. He doesn't exclude those that kind of exclude themselves. When I look at the life of Jesus, He goes after everybody. He wants it all. He says, hey, put it all on my plate. I came to seek and save everybody who would let me. When I look at the stories of Jesus in the Bible, it encourages me that if Jesus would go after these people, Jesus can go after me. When I read the Bible, there's a story in Luke 7. Je Jesus goes after the sinner. He goes after the person that everybody else is excluded. In Luke chapter 7, we find a story of Jesus. He's hanging out with the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the, the upper echelon of society. They're hanging out. Jesus is reclining, eating dinner. And it says that a, a woman came to the house, broke open a alabaster box and began to pour this perfume, expensive perfume on Jesus' feet, began to wipe His feet with her hair. Famous passage of story, you might know it. And what the Bible describes this woman as, is it says that this woman was a sinner. We don't know what sin, we don't know what she'd done. All we know is that for all eternity, this woman is marked in the Bible. It says that she was a sinner. It says that everybody knew about her sin. Everybody understood this woman had problems. Everybody knew, hey, this woman, she doesn't have a lot going for her. She certainly doesn't need to be here with this group of people that are hanging out. And we find this story of this woman, sinner, known, cast out by society, made mistakes and everybody knew about it. We find this woman come to Jesus and began to anoint His feet and wipe His feet with her hair. We see something so amazing in Jesus. Jesus in that moment encounters that woman, loves her, forgives her. Everybody else is amazed that Jesus would even interact with this person. Jesus, the Son of God, the guy that was in the beginning, He's gonna be at the end. The one that put the stars in the sky, God, omnipotent, all-powerful Jesus, allows this woman to come draw near to Him. I love the Gospels because Jesus goes after sinners. 
Jesus goes after the worst of the worst. Jesus goes after people that have been written off by themselves. He goes after people that everybody else has written off. Jesus, He goes after the sinners. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that there's a God that reaches out to sinners. He doesn't just reach out to sinners. It says that Jesus reached a whole lot more different types of people. He reaches out, he reached out to the sick. In Luke chapter, Luke chapter eight, we find Jesus walking down the road. He's got his posse, his crew, his entourage with him. And uh, we find that Jarius, one of the religious leaders, one of the leaders of that day comes up to Jesus because his daughter's sick. Jesus doesn't just go after the sinner, he goes after the sick, the ones that can't help themselves. Jarius comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, my, my daughter, she's not very well. Would you come with me? I know if you came with me, you could heal her. And so Jesus being as compassionate as He is begins to follow Jairus. But halfway through, He gets stopped. He gets paused. He's on His way to save a life and He gets stopped by a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. Famous passage of Scripture. This woman walks up to Jesus, nervous, afraid. Somebody that's unclean, been sick, been trying to help herself and she can't. She has this statement in her mind. If I could just touch His hem, if I could just touch the hem of His garment, I could be healed. We know how the story goes. She reaches out. Jesus stops, pauses, says, hey, virtue left me. Who touched my robe? Jesus in that moment healed that woman. But to Jairus, it was a delay. It was a pause. Jesus, I thought you were gonna heal my sick daughter, but you paused. And then as Jesus is talking with this woman, one of his servants runs up and says, Jairus, don't bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter's dead. There's no more hope. There's nothing left to do. But I love Jesus' response. He says, look, look, I can help the sick, but guess what? Where you have hopelessness, where there's no hope in your situation, when you've given up, guess what? I'm still coming to your house because I can still do something. Jesus doesn't just help the sinners. He helps the sick. He helps the people that have given up hope. He helps people that they have no hope left. I love Jesus. I love the people that He reaches out to. I love the people that He goes after. God, if you could reach those people, maybe you could reach me. Luke 13, Jesus encounters a woman. She's got an infirmity. It says she's got a spirit of infirmity. She's been bent over. Jesus walks up to this woman, lays his hands on her praise and rebukes that spirit. And all of a sudden she straightens out. The enemy had been attacking her, caused her to be bound, caused her to be broken, taken her captive. And we see the person that Jesus goes after. Jesus goes after the person that's been bound by the enemy in one word, one prayer immediately releases her. People that have been bound by the enemy, He's been coming in with thoughts. He's been attacking the way you do life. He's been trying to get you to stop. He's been trying to get you all tied up and twisted. I find Jesus goes after those people. Maybe there had been an open door. Maybe this lady had somehow let the enemy in and yet Jesus still goes after her. Don't you just love Jesus? Don't you just love the people that He goes after? When I read my Bible, it says that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. When Jesus steps into a situation, it doesn't matter what power has afflicted a person because there's a greater power available. It's His name is Jesus and He reaches in to the sinner, to the sick, to the hopeless, to the bound. I love Jesus. Came to seek. I love Jesus because He goes after sometimes the people that we kind of figured have it all together. Luke 19, famous passage of story. Jesus walking down the road and He sees Zacchaeus in the tree. 
Zacchaeus, the guy with all the money. Zacchaeus, the one with all the wealth. And Jesus still encounters Zacchaeus because Jesus knows this man still has a need. This man still needs saving. And we know the story. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, hey, I'm going to your house tonight. The tax collector, hated by society. Seemed like he's achieved everything you could possibly hope for in terms of wealth and finances. And Jesus says, hey, this person still needs saving. I love Jesus because he goes after the people that we think have it all together. If you're anything like me, maybe we think that, man, this person, their life is all together, great job, great family, doing seems like they're doing so well for themselves. Yet when we read the gospel, I come to this understanding that every single person needs Jesus. It's just whether they'll recognise it or not. When I look at Jesus, it says that He reaches out, He seeks everybody, no exceptions. I'm so grateful that our God doesn't discriminate, doesn't have His preferences, doesn't have people that He's willing to help and others that He says, I'll let you try and figure it out on your own. You see, when I read this Scripture where it says that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, it's Jesus, it's God revealing His hand, saying, you know what, I'm not just gonna be that eye in the sky that stands back and hope you figure it out. I'm gonna actually reach out to you. Jesus, my Son, I'm sending Him to you because when you understand that God is reaching out to you, it gives you faith to be able to reach out to Him. When you know that God is the one first reaching out, it gives you faith to reach back. I don't know if you're anything like me, but uh, many moons ago when I was in high school and um, when you get called into the principal's office, um, like I said, for some of you, this is distant, like myself, really mature, whatever. Um, and uh, you get called in the principal's office or the boss's office. My first reaction, and maybe it's just me, is I begin to think of everything that I did wrong. I'm like, okay, I threw a paper plane in that class. All right, I did that. All right, I shouldn't have done that. And you're walking in expecting something, something to get turned on you. Am I the only one that does that? Am I the only one that kind of has that fear? Like when I get called, okay, maybe you guys are way too pure. It's probably the church down the road. You know what I mean? It's fine. You guys are much more spiritual than me. That's, that's awesome. Oh, but you walk in and, and we have this fear, this, this thing of maybe I, did, did I do something wrong? What, what did I do this? And I think we have the same approach when it comes to God. Maybe you're new to church and when we come to God, we have this feeling that God is just waiting for us to make a mistake. God is just waiting when we come to Him to begin to tell us all the things that we've done wrong. But when I read the stories of Jesus, when I read the message of the Bible, when I read the Gospel, I understand, I come to the conclusion that God reaches out to humanity because He wants to give us faith that we can reach back. He wants to give us faith that if you reach back, He's not gonna reject you. If you reach back, He's not gonna turn you aside. When you reach out to Jesus, you can do it in confidence because He reached out first. He's the initiator. It's good news. It's good news. When it comes to Jesus, He wants to restore everybody, bring healing and hope to everyone. No exceptions. You see, Jesus reaches out and how He operates, yeah, He does a word of wisdom here. He does healing here. He exercises His authority there. But Jesus' goal, His hope is that people would encounter His love. You see, it's God's unconditional love that transforms a person from the inside out. Jesus doesn't say, hey, you need to get better here. You need to do better over there. No, Jesus says, hey, I want you simply to accept the fact that I love you no matter what you've done, who you are, where you come from, what people have said, the background that you've walked through. Jesus says, how I transform a person's 
life is through my unconditional, through my unconditional love. It's like Jesus. Jesus and his family, he doesn't have cousins. He doesn't have nieces. He only has sons and daughters. And when you have a confidence that you can approach God, it says that God begins to clothe you. He begins to dress you like a son, like a daughter. He puts on things you don't deserve. And after a while, you might just simply begin to believe what God says. That He says, look, you're my daughter, you're my son. Who, who the son sets free is free indeed. You may have walked into church frustrated. You may have walked into church distant. You may have walked into church unsure of what the preacher might say, what God might think. But I'm here to tell you this morning, when it comes to God, you can be confident if you reach out to Him, He's, He's already reaching out to you. It's He's the initiator. He's the one that started it. It's His kindness that leads us to repentance. You have to understand, God sent Jesus to show you how good He was. He transforms us. He reaches out, He restores people with His unconditional love. God's love for us is so different than how we interact. Uh, I have the privilege of being married to my beautiful wife and, uh, and I love her very dearly. But sometimes, sometimes I fail. Sometimes she asks me to do the dishes and I don't have a good attitude, you know? I'm the only one, like I said, it's fine. <laughs> Sometimes she asks for my help around the house and I love you, but I just don't wanna do that right now. You see how God interacts with you and me, it's so different, it's so foreign from what we understand it. God doesn't hold records against us. He doesn't ask us to do things to obtain it. God simply says, I love you simply because I love you. I created you, you're mine. It's unconditional, it's unearned. You can't do anything about it. I simply love you. You can have a confidence this morning when you reach out to Jesus, you can be sure He was reaching out to you first. He transforms us, He restores us with His love. Dobson says this, James Dobson, I'm convinced the human spirit craves this kind of unconditional love and experiences something akin to it, soul hunger, when it cannot be achieved. We're looking for love, looking for love in all the wrong places sometimes. We find that there's a world, people broken. There's relationships that aren't together anymore. There's, there's people that are doing different things. They're trying to find significance. They're trying to find love in all the wrong places. There's something that God did in humanity. He designed us to encounter, experience His love. How we were created was to be in perfect relationship with Him, yet something was broken and God ever since has been on a mission to restore what was lost. First John 4, 8 says this. It says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us first. It's good news. It's the gospel. It's the message that we preach that there's a God that is reaching out and how He restores, how He builds up, how He fixes is through His unconditional love. When you begin to get a grasp of how big and how wide and how deep His love is, it sets you on a new trajectory. It sets you on a new path. Maybe you've been a Christian your entire life and sometimes we forget the love of God. My Bible says He's not just the author, but He's the perfecter of our faith. I've got good news. When you reach out to God, He doesn't just pick you up and leave you out to dry. He says, what I started, 
started, I'm also gonna finish. We reach out to God and He says, look, I started a good work in you. I'm the author. I saved you. But I don't just stop there. I'm gonna continue to perfect you. You know, God has more faith in His ability than you do. God has more faith in His ability and what He can accomplish in you than you do. God, I have faith that you can do this. God says, yeah, me too. God, I need your help here. Yeah, I know, I can fix that. God, I hope you can do this. I can't. I started it and I can, I can finish it. When it comes to my walk with God, sometimes I'm the one that discounts myself the most. God, you see my mistakes. God, you see my past. God, you see all these things. And when I come to God's love, I understand that He loves me unconditionally. He started it and He's gonna finish it. When I don't have faith, I simply put my faith in His. It's good news. It's good news. You see, Jesus is on a mission to restore. You see, when it comes to God's love, what causes us to reach out to God, what causes us to reach back, gives us a confidence to reach back to God is an understanding of God's unconditional love. It's undeserved. We're not worthy of it. We're not worthy, we're not worthy of God's love. It's good news. No matter how hard you try, God won't love you more. How bad you fail, He won't love you less. When it comes to God's kingdom, we're all on the same page, all on the same playing field. He says, I love you and I love you. You may have done this, I still love you. I still care about you. I still got a plan. You've rejected me, I don't reject you. Hey, you've rejected yourself, you've discounted yourself. Guess what? My love is still available if you just reach out and accept it. God's love is undeserved. It's unearned. We can't, we can't, we can't work for it. It's contrary God's, how God thinks is so contrary to how we think. I find it hard to think how God thinks. My life is I go to work, I get a paycheck. I go to school and work hard, I get good grades. If I do this, I get that. If I do this, then I'll be able to achieve that. When it comes to God, that, that doesn't even come into the equation. He simply says, come to me and I'll give you everything. It's unearned. You don't have to deserve it. People come to church and they're like, man, I get this told all the time. Man, are people at your church gonna judge me? Are people at your church gonna look down at me? Great question. I got a great answer for you. No, because you walking in was me at some point in my life. You're, you're the same as me. God loves you right now just as much as He loves me. The only thing, the only difference between me and you is that I've accepted Jesus as my Saviour and He's gonna give you the opportunity to do too. I love Pastor Judah Smith, what he says. He says, when it comes to people walking in, we want people to belong first, then believe, then behave. If you've walked into church, can I tell you here at City Bible Church, you belong. This is church, it's family, it's people that understand the love of God. We didn't deserve it. And so we can give it freely. You walk in here, you look at your life and man, if they knew what was going on in my situation, if they knew what was going on in my past, they might push me out. Hey, guess what? You belong here. And our prayer is that you'd begin to believe as you begin to look at the different people, the lives affected, the people that get baptised, you see their stories on display. You begin to realise that these people are different, not because we try harder, because we be better, but because we've had an encounter with a living God. His name is Jesus. He saved us from our past and He set us on a new course and He can do the same in your life. You belong here. Long before you believe and then it's God's job and He helps and works on your behaviour. 
He started something, He's committed to finishing it in you. Helps adjust the rough edges. God's love is unaffected by the past. This is so good. It's unaffected by the past. We discount ourselves by our past, but you have to understand when it comes to God, God's love isn't deterred by what you've done. His love isn't deterred by what you're going to do. One of my favourite passages of Scripture, 1 John 1.9, it says this, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You see, when you understand God's definition of forgiveness, it allows you to approach Him with confidence. When you understand God's definition of forgiveness, it allows you to reach out just as He's reaching out to you. When God forgives us, it's not like He says, hey, we're good, relationship's okay, let's try and work on that. When God forgives us, it says that in His eyes, it doesn't even happen. It's gone. Well, last week, God, hey, when we confess it, He forgives it, it's gone. Well, God, I'm still, back then, my challenge is thinking how God thinks. When it comes to God's forgiveness, He says, look, in my eyes, it never happened. As far as the East is from the West, so how I've removed your sins from you. As At the bottom of the ocean, that's where your sins are. When I look at you, I don't see somebody that's messed up. I don't see somebody that has all these issues. I see my son, I see my daughter. I see somebody that I'm changing and transforming, changing them from glory to glory. When you walk into church, you understand God's love. When you have an understanding of His forgiveness, You don't have to try to be perfect. He makes you perfect. It's good news. God's love is unending, unfailing. And when we understand, when we understand that God reaches out, it gives us faith to reach back. You see this morning, where I wanna finish, where I wanna land, is I want us to have a confidence that we can reach out to God for everything that we need. We can have a confidence that God's reaching out to us first. We can reach back with a confidence that He can save us right where we're at. Maybe you've been walking with God your entire life. Is there any areas that need saving? God can save it. You've walked into church for the first time. There's some things in your life you walked away from God. Guess what? God can save it. He reaches out. And when we understand how good God is, when we understand the love of God, it gives us a confidence to reach back, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. It's not that God holds us at a distance. He's constantly reaching out. He's just waiting for us to give Him an opportunity. You see, this morning, my prayer is that we would have a confidence that as we reach out to God for whatever whatever area it is, that you would know that when you reach out, God's promise is that He would intervene and that He would save. That when you reach out, God not just has the authority, not just the ability, not just the power, but He has the desire to wanna step in to whatever you're facing. You see, Jesus is the mighty restorer. Jesus reaches out to restore everybody. Jesus' unconditional love extends to all people, regardless of their position in their life or their past. He comes to return what the enemy has stolen to rebuild the ruined areas of life and restore that which has been lost. You see, God this morning wants to restore 
some things. I believe this morning as I was just getting ready to preach that there's some things in our lives that we've walked in with, some things that we've held God at a distance from, said some, God, I'm gonna try and do this on my own. This morning, my prayer is that you would give God an opportunity to reach in to your world, your situation, whatever it is, that God would step in and He would make it whole again. He would bring it to back what it was supposed to be, whether it be relationship, whether it be an area in your life, whether it be sin that you're embarrassed about, God can take a step, one step and transform and restore in a moment. Moment, this morning, we wanna believe that we can recover what has been lost. We wanna, re- we wanna believe that we can recover what has been lost. The story of Job is mind boggling, that God would allow so much to happen to him. And yet when you read the story, we find out that God restores twice as much, which was lost. He restores more which was lost. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. God comes to give life and life to the fullest. You thought you've lost something. God just says, oh wait, I've got more coming for you. You think, man, there's no hope in this. God says, hey, look, I'm gonna come and do more than you can even expect. The story of Job is so encouraging because God says, look, I'm gonna give you more. I'm gonna give you more. Bible says that He knows every hair on our head. I sometimes discount what God cares about. God, you don't really care about this. It's kind of just a little work thing. God, this isn't really that big of a deal. It was just a little bump in a relationship thing. God, this one I can kind of handle on my own. If God cares about the hairs on our head, He cares about every sparrow that falls to the ground. Don't you think that He cares about everything that we're going through? My problem is allowing God into every area of my life, not just the ones that I perceive as the big things. You see, God, this morning, I want us to believe that God can restore whatever has been lost. This morning, we wanna believe that we can recover what has been lost out of our soul. If you're anything like me, I leak. I go about my day. And I forget about the love of God. I forget about His goodness. I forget about all the things that He's done for me. I, I, I leak. In Psalms 23, it says this, He restores my soul. There's times when my virtue, my energy, it's gone. I, instead of giving, having faith for people, I have frustration with people. Jesus says, hey, you've lost, lost some things. You're tired, you're weary. Hey, I'm coming to restore your soul. This morning, I wanna believe that we'll recover the joy of our salvation, our first love. Following God for so many years, we forget about the moment. I forget about that moment where I first encountered Him, where I experienced His love just begin to wash over me. And even though I didn't deserve it, even though I didn't earn it, even though I didn't think I deserved it, He just keeps it coming. He just keeps telling me over and over again, Dylan, I still love you. I still care about you. Even though you discounted yourself, I've still got a plan for your life. When was the last time we had that opportunity, that time with God, where we begin to have that restoration of our soul, that time where He begins to remind us of our first love? our first love. This morning, I wanna believe that God can recover the favour of His presence to shine over your life, that God's face, wherever you go, He shines on you. When you walk into your business, that His favour is on you. When you walk into school, His favour is on you. When you walk into your family, His favour is on you. This morning, we wanna believe that God can restore some things that have been lost. This morning, we wanna um, believe that God can recover those that have been taken captive, gone astray as the bands come forward. In Isaiah 61, it says that I came to preach good news, to set the captives free and bring liberty to the prisoner. 
There's some people that walked in here this morning and you've been taken captive. God wants to bring some restoration to some things that other people have done to you. To be captive means to be overpowered, to to have things done to you, you didn't ask for, you didn't deserve, you didn't want. There's some things that have come in and taken you captive. God wants to bring freedom to you, but I've got more good news. Not only to the people that didn't deserve it, but to the prisoners, the ones that did something wrong, made a mistake, kind of messed up here or there. God's promises, I came to bring freedom to the captive and those that have been prisoners. He came to do, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel captive. Somebody's done something to you. you somebody done something horrific. I don't even wanna, I don't even comprehend some of the stories that walk into City Bible Church, but God's promise is that He can bring restoration to your life. He can bring salvation. He can save. He can do the miraculous just as much as the person that made the mistake who did deserve. When I look at God, when I look at the story of Jesus, the Gospel, the good news, it's God extending His hand. It's God saying, look, I'm reaching out to you. Act of good faith. I wanna restore. You should have confidence to reach back this morning. If you think that God is there just to be upset, to be frustrated, to say, hey, look, just kind of get it all together just a little bit more. Keep coming to church just a little bit longer. It's the wrong thinking. God's restoration hand, His love is available right now. And all we simply have to do is reach. This morning, my prayer is that you would have a confidence to reach. You kind of been sitting back, waiting, watching, hoping. This morning is an opportunity for you to extend a hand and say, God, you reached me first. I'm reaching back to you. This morning, God wants to restore some things that have been lost. Wants to restore some things that have been lost. You know, this morning, I wanna pray. Pray for some people. When we come to God and we open our lives to Him, every week it's miraculous, the stories that God intervenes, the stories of God saving, the God, stories of people encountering God's love for the first time. If you would bow your head and close your eyes. My prayer as we leave this morning is we'd have a confidence to reach to the God that wants to restore.